to another episode of Natural Baddies. I have quite the body of a guest on today. My soul sister from another mister. Stephanie, let me just um, give them a little intro. She is a beautiful mama of two girls, a full-time working mom and career woman and business owner an embodiment coach, and you have all the certifications. That's something that I value about you is like, if you want something, you see it, you go get it. Not only that, but you have like so much experience with working with women and helping them coming to their power. And so when I thought of who I wanted on this podcast, of course, you're like one of my top people. Mike, we got to get her in because obviously I think that it's so easy as a woman to compare yourself or those around you or that what you see on social media, like and think of things like they had it easy or lucky them or they're they're brave and I'm not. And really what I've found that it comes down to is understanding that every single woman has that power in them. And you're great with pulling that out of women. I love watching you. I love seeing you. And over the years, like witnessing your growth and witnessing that you never give up and witnessing that you step into what's next and you embrace it. And you also allow yourself to be transparent in the process, which I feel like is so hard to come by because being vulnerable is hard and scary and people don't want to talk about the things that they're struggling with they're going through and you freaking rock it and I love you and as a human as a person and as a leader well I'm just receiving all that and I got chills like <laughs> everywhere so thank you thank yeah. you thank you thank you for yeah. seeing me and just that so beautiful so thank you I love yeah. you and I'm so honored to be here and to be with you and thanks for inviting me thanks for letting me be here for taking part of this powerful movement and just this, everything that you're creating here, it's so beautiful and it's so needed. And I would always say yes to be a part of anything that you do and create because I know everything that you do has so much heart and soul and it's just so potent and your intention behind everything is just the most powerful intention and it's always so clear and it's coming from your heart space and I feel like that's the most powerful thing. So <sighs> thanks for being you. Thank you for saying that. Yeah. That's what I was thinking of the name, like you remember, we were kind of like going back and yeah. forth. I'm like, I want it to be edgy and encompassing, empowering and, you know, embodied, but also like badass. And, and um, there's some other names, you know, that we are we are shooting around and you're just always so supportive and seeing that and just helping that helped me with the signal of just owning whatever decision totally. I made, yeah. you know. And so we went with natural baddies because we're bringing out the baddie in others and in the best way. And so um, let's get right into it. So you're an embodiment coach. Yes, I am. What does that mean to you? Yeah. Like, what does it mean to be embodied? To be embodied to me feels like that with every being in your soul, you know that something is true. So it's like within your whole entire body. When you're getting these chills, you just know that this is truth for you. And we are always trying to embody different parts of ourselves and different ways of seeing ourselves or different archetypes of ourselves. Like, oh, I want to see myself as powerful. I want to see myself as this creator. I want to see myself as this entrepreneur, whatever it is. And there's these elements of you that you can vision within yourself, but you haven't fully embodied that this is me. This is who I am. This is what I stand for with every part of me, the air that I breathe, this is what I am. And that's really what embodying is, is that this is you. This is, it's not like you're trying to be this. It's not like this imposter syndrome. It's that I have embodied this. This is my truth. This is what comes through me. This is my frequency. This is my, this is my energy that you're going to feel just by being within me, like being around me because I've embodied this to be my power. I've embodied that I am an entrepreneur, that I am powerful, that I can help other women, that I am an embodiment coach. And in order for me to do that, I had to embody my body. I had to embody my power and I had to embody who I want to be. And that's also ever changing. And at every new layer of that, there's a death of my previous embodiment. 
and then a rebirth of who I am becoming in this new embodiment of me. And just like a snake sheds its skin, and then it, it creates this new layer of skin, it embodies that, that season, that layer. That's the same thing that we're constantly doing. But so many people don't actually embody who they are. They let other people tell them who they are, or they don't really feel safe in their body to express who they are or be grounded in who they are. Like people can push them off the teeter-totter because they're, they're not embodied. They're not, no, like this is what I am. Like you can't, you can't tell me what I am and what I'm not. Like I know this to be true for me. And that's the element of embodiment. And that's what I help guide women through is, well, who are you? Let's, let's embody you. <laughs> I'm just like, yes, yes, yes. yes. And that's a, the energy that you bring and the passion with that, I feel like is what makes you such a great coach. Because, um, you know, there's always going to be people that are smarter than us or more embodied than us or whatever. And then the, the opposite, there's going to be people that maybe are not on up to the path of certain things that you know that you could share. But what I love is that wherever you are, you own where you are. And that's what makes you so powerful and potent and magnetic. So I want to kind of backtrack before this embodiment coach of yeah. Stephanie. Like, what was your journey of coming back into your body? Because when you say body, like maybe um, some listeners are like embodiment, like how do you live in your body? What does that even mean? And like, what was that journey for you? So... I find that a lot of us are living outside of our body, not in our body. And prior to me claiming I was an embodiment coach, I was a self-love coach. Prior to that, I worked in the corporate world. I worked in finance. I was a vice president of a call center. I oversaw over 200 people. And so I really got to lead people. I got to teach people. And I love teaching. I love helping people. I love helping people see something in them that they can't quite see in themselves. And that was what I loved about leadership was like, I felt like I got to put this flashlight on people and like shine this like brightness in them that they couldn't quite see. And that was my job as a leader was to like hold this flashlight until they could see that light in them. And then I could pass it on to them. And then it was their turn to shine the light on someone else. But me learning that I could lead first and then I could lead throughout that. And that, that kind of transpired into me wanting to create my own business of how can I lead people from my own heart rather than from this corporate element, which if we work in corporate, that's great. I'm actually back in corporate now. But um, I wanted to teach people my way. And what I really wanted to teach them was how they could be free, how they could be themselves and how they didn't have to live in this box. And as much as I felt powerful in my journey in corporate, I also felt very boxed. I felt very outside of my body. I didn't live in my body. If you were to ask me like what my body, how my body spoke to me, if I could tell you what my, was wrong with my body, I would think that you're crazy. I'm like, I have no idea what you're talking about. What do you mean my body can speak to me? I can feel what's wrong in my body. No, I didn't, I didn't believe in any of that. I didn't necessarily like see holistic practices. I never meditated. Sitting still was like, that never happened for me. This torture. Yeah, I could never find stillness. Like that, that was torture for me, literally. And it was because I didn't know how to be still with myself. I didn't know how to actually sit with me and sit with the thoughts and uh, like actually just be with myself. I lived outside of myself, meaning I let everybody else dictate how they saw me and that's how I saw myself. So the perception of everyone around me became my perception of me versus me declaring who I am and me creating that perception to be my reality. Everybody else's opinions of me were what created me. I didn't know who I was. I lived outside of myself. Everybody else dictated who Stephanie was how she showed up, how she, how she could act. Like everybody else gave me my permission. 
I never gave myself my permission. Mm-hmm. And that was, that's a, an element of embodiment is you have full permission, like grant yourself permission, but what is it that you're wanting permission of? And the other element of me really living outside of my body was how much I judged my body. I, I was not with my body. I hated my body. I was constantly at war with my body. I constantly wanted to change my body. I could never speak kindly to my body. I saw my body as a bystander. I lived outside of my body, constantly judging at it, looking at it. Like an example that like right now we're sitting here, years ago, I would have been this whole time living outside of myself, like constantly adjusting myself, wondering what I look like right now. How am I, how are you perceiving me? What are you thinking about me? Maybe I, maybe I just messed up what I just said. Can I go back and change that? Like constantly in judgment of myself, never actually present in this moment. I'm always a step behind and a step forward, a step behind of judging what I just did and a step forward of what is she going to do so I can make sure that she sees me and, and thinks I'm, I'm cool or I'm powerful. I'm enough for her rather than just like, hey, what up? Being I'm you. Here. Yeah, I'm just being. And that's the element. We are human beings. We're here to be, right? Not to let someone else dictate what that is for us. And this judgment that I cared about my body made me live so outside of myself that I felt like everybody else, the way I viewed myself, this judgment was how everybody else was viewing me too. And so I could come across really confident, but inside I was like the least confident about myself. I was confident in elements of myself, but as of who I was, I didn't really know who I was. Um, And how that actually transpired was in one of our work meetings, every time that we'd get new hires, I'd go in and introduce myself, like I'll be your VP, da, da, da. And we'd ask them to say like their name and two things that they, what their hobbies were. And this one time it came to me and it was just this drastic shift where I was like, I don't even know what I like to do. I don't even know who I am. I don't know what's fun for me. And this is also after I had just had my daughter and there was just like this whole shift. I'm like, I don't know who I am. I don't know what I like. I don't know. I don't know anything. And I want to get to know me. And that's what really sparked my self-love journey of like, I don't love myself. I don't know who I am. I let everybody else rule myself. I feel I'm constantly judging myself. I live so outside of myself. I can't be still with myself. I can't observe myself in a loving way. Like, how do I change this? Because I now have a daughter and I don't want her to ever think about herself the way I'm thinking about myself or view herself in this way. I don't want to pass on these traits to her. And I had studied psychology in school and I knew there's like nature over nurture. Like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pass down this one way or another unless I choose to change this and unless I become the shift. And that became a pivotal moment for me of, of taking control of my life, so to say, of like, I want to be in my body. I want to be present. I want to be connected to me. And I want to learn how to love me so I can teach her how to do this. And that became a whole journey in itself of um, really trying to figure out how to love myself. And in my mind, I was like, okay, if I could get skinny, I would love myself. And this is the idea that society portrays to us. And also the idea that I felt like everybody else would like me so much more if I was skinny. And at the time I was over 200 pounds and people would always say things like, you're, you're, you're so pretty and it's a good thing you have a good personality and you're so fun. And I would always take that as like, they're criticizing my body and they're saying like, it's a good thing that I have a pretty face or it's a good thing that I'm funny. And so those became these characteristics of myself that I felt like were the only thing that made me worthy. And so I felt like I had to always be like, the really funny person or the really hype positive person or, and I like wore like so much makeup and was like, just, I was just, it was because that was like the only element of me that I, that people saw in me is what I felt like, you know? Mm -hmm. So I was like, if I lose weight, 
I'm going to finally love myself and everybody else is going to love me too. Because I'm, so I'm still living outside of my body here, right? I'm not, I'm, I'm worried about what other people are going to think of me versus me. And I'm letting them dictate how I should love myself. And really what it came down to is I didn't feel like I could love myself because it wasn't acceptable in the world standards. Like if you're overweight, you shouldn't love yourself. That's, that's what the world tells us. Like something should be wrong with you. You should want to change your body. You shouldn't be comfortable in your body. You shouldn't ever want to be in a bikini. You should feel, you should feel something's wrong with you. Like you should feel shame yes. for the way that you look. Right? And if you don't look this standard of beauty, yes. which is like blonde hair, blue eyes, very thin, yes. you know, big, you know, boobs, everything yeah. like what, like then you're not enough, which is Honestly, I feel like what pe people buy into that, you know, and so continue with your story because yeah. I feel like there's just so much coming. Well, yeah. And so I did buy into that, right? Like I fully subscribe to that. Like, and I want you all that you're listening to think of like, how often are you subscribing to the world's belief systems about beauty, about what's acceptable, about worthiness? And I fully, I hit the subscribe button a million times. I was like, subscribe, subscribe, send me all the emails. Oh, this is little pretty. So that started my journey. I was like, okay, well. There was also this element of me that I wanted to be healthy because I wanted to have more energy for my daughter. I wanted to feel better in my body. I didn't feel comfortable in my body. And so there was, there was this element, but then there was this other really motivating factor that then I'm going to be enough. Then I can love myself. Then I can be worthy. All of these things. And so I went on this journey of, of losing weight and I lost 100 pounds. And, you know, I was under 120 pounds. And this was always my goal was like, if I weigh 116 pounds, like, I'm going to feel so good about myself. I'm going to like love my body so much. And my whole world is just going to be so different. And there was this part of me that, that I visualized this in myself. And that also is how I created this. So I also learned the power of visualizing, the power of telling yourself, this is what you're going to do. This is what's possible for you. And I broke through so many of my own limiting beliefs by my weight loss journey because I had boxed myself. I told myself, I'm always going to be overweight. It's part of my genetics. This is just how my body type is. This is just what it's going to be. I don't have control over food. And, I, and I, I subscribe to all those stories too. And then I learned how to unsubscribe and decide, no, that's not truth for me. What's going to be true for me is I'm going to be fit. I'm going to be skinny. I'm going to weigh 116 pounds. And I literally wrote it down every day and it came true. So that there is this power, this element that I found within this process of learning how to visualize, how to manifest. And then how to show up. Like, I didn't just write it down and magically I lost 100 pounds, right? Like, this, this took a year. I, I showed up every day. I, I worked out. I ate really healthy. I changed, changed the way that I eat. I, I stopped watching TV. I created a goal to wake up every day at 4 o'clock in the morning to work out, to meditate, and to journal. And I did that for an entire year. I started running every day. It took me nine months to be able to run a mile in seven minutes. And that was my goal. So, like, in, in that nine months, I rebirthed myself from someone who started at an 18-minute mile to a seven-minute mile by showing up every day. And I shared this journey on social media, and this is what created a following for me because I shared, here's what I want to do. Here's where I want to be. And even though I was sharing unhealthy ideas about body image and things, this is, that was part of my journey. That was all okay. I knew at the time. I feel like you have to go through that, though, because it's like we, we jump to these extremes because it's like we don't know better so right. to speak it's like I feel like for example like going out of getting out of like a toxic relationship and not taking time to heal myself or love myself I like made the same mistakes in a different way by going to and choosing someone that's completely opposite mm. and like those those things in me manifested in a different way but right. but I think that what you're saying is so powerful because 
you're still finding tools and extracting the beauty in that and the lessons and the power and the discipline and everything that yeah. you learned in that process. So what yeah. happened? So yeah. keep going. So, well, and, I, and I, that's my invite for all of you too, because I think so, so many times we look back at our old selves like, oh, why did I do that? Why did I? And it's like, well, you had, to, you had to go through that experience to be who you are now. So don't ever shame the past parts of you. Go back and look at like, what did you have to learn through that experience to become who you are now to embody an element of that experience? Yeah. And that whole experience helped me embody how to break out of ideas, how to break out of boxes that I box myself in. You know, an example of that today, you just box jumped 36 inches, right? 30, or 36 inches, right? Yeah. Okay. So like how many people are like, I can't do that. And you maybe even before you do that, you're like, I can't do that. Perhaps you even said that out loud. I don't know. Did you? Kind of. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So like, right yeah. there, we, we kind of, you box yourself before you can even box jump and, yeah. and then you do it. You're like, oh shit. Like what else can I do? Like yeah. what else do I tell myself? I can't do that. And so you okay. just don't even try. And that's an element that I love about fitness. And while I'll always be into fitness is because fitness teaches you, like, I promise you can do it. Just try, just show up, just try to lift that. And, and I would coach clients and I would take them to the gym and I blindfold them and, and they'd be like, there's no way I can lift hundred pounds. I was like, okay, whatever. I know you can. And so I blindfold them. I'm like, okay, yeah, this is only 50 pounds. So like, cool. So in their mind, 50 pounds feels like 50 pounds. Well, then I take the blindfold off and they, they lifted hundred pounds. I'm like, you just lifted hundred pounds just because you couldn't see it. You, you, you knew you could do it. Your body knows more than you will let yourself do. Your body is capable, but you box yourself up here and you stop what's possible for you. Mm -hmm. And when they would see that, this light bulb would go off in them like, whoa, what else, what else have I done this to myself in? Where else have I told myself I can't? But if I could just see it from a different perspective, it's so possible, right? And that was what that, that journey taught me. And so I shared that journey that created this huge following for me. And then the next step of that was like, okay, so I've, I've lost this weight. I'm now 116 pounds. I still don't feel enough. I still don't feel this feeling that I kept telling myself I'm going to feel when this happens. And like, I, I weighed myself that day and it was just like, it's, it still isn't enough. Maybe, maybe I need to be 105 pounds. Maybe it's this, maybe it's this. And so I was like, okay. And at this time I had a fitness coach and he's like, well, the next step is to start competing. And I was like, okay, let's compete. And I had never, I've never felt comfortable in a bikini. And now I'm signing up to go be half naked on a stage showing my physique to people. And I'm like, yeah. This with is everybody with judging everybody, you. Every, like literally you're paying everybody people to judge you. Everybody literally looking at you <laughs> yeah. in a way that's saying like. They're, they're telling you that. if you're good enough. That they're literally judging you mm -hmm. based on your shoulders, based on your stomach, based on how tight you are, based on the, the ways that your body can be, how symmetrical you are or not, how broad your shoulders can be so it makes your, your waistline look smaller how big your glutes are, how tight your hamstrings are, how tight your calves are, how much you can make your waist disappear. They're judging literally every element of you. And I was like, yeah, sign me up. That's, that sounds perfect. That's definitely how I'm gonna get over all my body issues. Like, and in my mind, I'm like, yeah, that is the next step. And when I look back now, I'm like, how did I think that? How? How, did I, how was I like, that? that's the next logical thing. Absolutely. I will pay, and I'll pay $5,000 to do this. Like it costs Whoa. so much money to compete. You're paying no for your pressure. car. No pressure. Like you're, you're training, you're, you're doing all this stuff, right? And, and it's all external too. All external. Okay. Yeah. So did, at this point, did you feel like connected to your body as far as like knowing like what foods felt good in your body or anything at this point? Or was it mainly just like 
doing whatever you had to do to like look a certain way? Yeah, I would say it's both. So there's like this mixed part of it because I knew what certain foods did make me feel better, meaning that it gave me more energy or if I eat this, I do feel bloated. If I don't eat this, I feel leaner. But I was looking for what makes me feel bloated, what makes me feel lean, what gives me energy. And so that became how I thought of food. And that helped me learn that food is fuel, but I was using it to fuel my workouts. And that was it. Like, okay, I need carbs so I can lift. I need this so I can do this. I need fats so I can sleep so I'm not going to be starving at night. Because you're eating, you're not eating enough and you're eating to look a certain way. Yeah. So there was this connection to my body. There's also this connection with working out because I had to connect to certain muscle groups to be able to get a pump, to be able to build that muscle, to make mind-body connection. So I had this elements of connection to myself, but as far as what did I like about my body? How did I want my body to feel? Did this feel good in my body or was I forcing this? I was completely disconnected. I, I could feel my body saying, Stephanie, stop. Like we can't, we can't, we can't give you any more. And I would numb it. And so I would shut it up with pre-workout. Um, I ended up taking steroids because my body wasn't responding. And my coach was like, well, you either have to build more muscle or wait a year. And I was like, I am not waiting a year, what else can I do? He's like, okay, well, here you go. Uh -huh. And I was like, I'm willing to do that. I'm willing to literally murder my body and my ovaries and my femininity to win. This is where I was at to say, I'm enough. Like, I'll take whatever, whatever you want me to do. And that was where I numbed my body. I numbed my connection to myself, to source, to God, to, to my heart was like, yeah, I will, sell, I will sell myself short for somebody to tell me I'm enough. Rather than me just saying, I'm enough. Like, I don't, need, I don't need any of these judges that I've never met in my entire life to tell me, you're a 10. You got it. You can make it happen. And for that to glorify me. And what's sad about this is the world glorifies this. I had so many. I, I grew my following even more from, from talking about me competing and, and showing my workouts and talking about my story. And it was inspiring, right? Like, I lost 100 pounds and now I'm competing. And there's these elements that are so inspiring. But I, what I, I, at the time, didn't share how depressed I was internally or how much I was forcing my body. And even when I did talk about the forcefulness, people were like, that's so inspiring that you could just make your body do that or that you would do this and not sleep or, or whatever. And they glorify you because you have abs. Like, oh, you, you must have everything going right for you because you have abs. So you, you are, are top notch. Like, no, I'm not. And, and so many women that I met in competing, and I can't speak for all of them, but for the majority of them, are, are so disconnected from themselves, but you are lying to yourself saying you're so connected because there's this element of connection to your body to create the physique that you have, but you're not, you're not in your body. You're completely living outside of your body because someone else is telling you how to move your body, what food to eat. Like you don't get to choose any of that. You're, you're not choosing any element of that. Your coach literally dictates when you sleep, what you eat. You're an athlete. So this is what you have to do. This is how you're going to work out. This is what you're going to take. This is like, and then you're going to send me pictures all the time. And so this creates body dysmorphia for you. And so I stayed in this industry for two years. I did another show. And in my second show, I competed next to a girl that I actually had coached in loving her body. And I could just feel all my truth start to unfold standing next to her of like, what have I created? Because here she is. She went on a similar journey. She lost 80 pounds to compete. And I, I like created this, this person in her in a way, right? And now I'm also creating all these toxic traits in her. And I taught her that this is, this is what is going to make you love yourself. And here I am on stage next to her. And I know that this isn't, this isn't what's going to make you love you. This is going to make you 
think worse of your body. This is going to make you pick apart your body. This is going to make you struggle with food even more. And it was so hard for me to literally stand next to her and, and maintain what I needed to maintain. And I feel like I had to go through that experience for it to break me free. I was pre-judging. The judges are like, oh, yeah, for sure, I'm going to get second place. I ended up not placing at all after standing next to her and just experiencing this with her. I fell apart. I like, I was like, what have I done? What have I done to myself? What, what am I here for? What, what am I doing? And that, this started this whole other shed. I was like, I don't want any part of this anymore. And I left. I left that industry. I left that world. I literally stayed for like 10 minutes after the show and I left. And then I went through this whole shame of like, now I'm leaving this industry. What am I going to be worth? No one's going to like me anymore. My whole following is because of this. That was my story. Yeah. Um, people only want to work with me because I do this. People only look up to me because I do this. So I'm going to be nothing now. Like this is going to be taking away from me. And I, I, in that moment, I really felt this connection to myself. And it was like my heart, like we've been asking for you to like be with us. Can you just be with us? Can you like come into your body and just let everything else go? And I did. I, I, I sat with myself for the very first time of like, what have I done? And I could actually feel my body like yelling at me, like, you've hurt us. You're not, you, you, are, you don't even like us. You're not even one with us. Like you pick us apart. You look in the mirror. You, you, you want us to look different. You, you can't even listen to us. Like all of this, right? And my body was just yelling at me and my womb was yelling at me. She's like, what have you done to us? Like, ah! like, what are you? I'm like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. And I sat crying and I was like, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. That's all I could do. And um, I actually went and did a medicine journey. Hopefully that's okay to like just speak about. Totally. So I did this. Um, so a, plant, a, plant a plant medicine. Plant medicine. Okay. Yeah. And this mm-hmm. was in a very like spiritual experience. It wasn't um, like recreational at all. And in this journey, I saw myself and I saw my, I saw my body and I saw me. And I saw my body walking to me. And then I saw me doing yoga. And that was how my body came into me. And, and I was like, like oh, I need to go do yoga. And a couple of days later, I was like writing in my journal, I'm like, I need to do yoga. And then one of my friends posted on Instagram, she's like, I just signed up for this yoga teacher training. I'm so excited. And I was like, oh my gosh, I've been like really thinking about this. She's like, there's literally one spot left. And I sign up, everything like works out, ends up being like the most beautiful transformational experience for me. I go to yoga teacher training and it's all our yoga teachers, a yoga therapist who focuses on yoga therapy to, to help release trauma from the body and to bring you into your body. And she works with people who have gone through affairs, through divorces, through rape, through all these different trauma that puts trauma on the body and teaches you how to release it through movement, through breath, through yoga. And that's exactly what I needed. And I, I went and on the application, she said, what do you want from this? I'm like, I want to learn how to be with myself, just to love myself, to be still with myself and to surrender, mm-hmm. to soften, to feel safe, to feel safe in my body, to not give my power away, to not let someone else tell me what I should look like, be like. I want to break all these boxes free. And the first day I go to yoga teacher training, there's no mirrors in the yoga studio. And I was like, this is so weird that you don't have any mirrors. Like, how am I supposed to look at my form? And she's like, you need to feel it. You need to feel your body. You need to close your eyes and be with your body and let your body speak to you. And she goes, in this yoga studio, there are no boxes. You're here to free yourself. And that's like exactly what I asked for was to free myself of all these boxes. And it was the most powerful thing for me. And that is how I embodied my body, was being with my body, but sitting with my body, hearing my body, listening to it. 
And in yoga, teacher training, every week they had us write a letter to our body of what we wanted to release and what we wanted to connect to and what we were sorry for and what trauma we had created or felt or endured. And it was the most healing experience I've ever had in my entire life. And I've had so many people go to yoga teacher training from me sharing my experience. And it's been so cool to witness. And that's why I love teaching yoga now, too. And that taught me about the chakras and everything else. And that helped me really embody my power and embody me and actually like love my body for the very first time. And through that experience, I, and I've gained weight through that. And I, I relearned how to experience food, how to feel what feels right in my body, what food is serves me, what food doesn't. What are my food beliefs? What is my truth? What works for me? And through that, it has been my whole journey of coming home to myself and setting myself free. Um, I have this tattoo right here. It says, I am free. And it has the infinity sign on the end to remind myself that anytime I, I forget, like, I've already set myself free. I'm never going to go back to that. And just coming back into my body. The breath is what will bring me back. Oh, my gosh. You have me in tears over here. I'm just, like, on the edge of my seat, like. No, there's a bunch of little crevices yeah. we could go into. So many little things. So many, but wow, thank you for sharing that. Yeah. And I'm just sure everybody felt the power of that and like the intention that was always there. And that's what I feel like. That's what I love so much about you and the powerful woman that you are and the powerful, the power that is actually within all of us that you have harnessed and connected to. And, and your intention is always to come back to that because we veer off, you know, we're no, totally. we don't have our best days. I have days where I'm self-sabotaging and thinking negative thoughts about myself yeah. and all of that, you know, but you always come back to that. And that's what I feel like always, anytime I see your stuff, I'm like, it just is so inspiring because I have gone through my own crazy transformation in the last year. And I still feel like, like a baby that's learning how to walk and like what feels true for me now because of all these fears and unraveling and letting go of the old. But like, you're always like, okay, you get back up on the saddle and you move forward and you keep going and you share that with the world. And I just like, I'm so grateful to know you and just honoring everything that you've been through and everything that you share. Just taking a minute for that because you're fucking amazing. Wow. I just love you. And I just love how vulnerable you are in sharing that too, because I think as a coach, sometimes in the industry, and I have my past of like coaching as well, and just understanding that sometimes it's easy to fall on the trap of like, I'm a coach or I'm a leader or like I'm here serving others and I need to um, make sure that I have every right answer or that I'm doing all the right things. And that's not the truth. No. Like that's the biggest facade and illusion right. because we're all fucking human yes. and we all have like our days and moments and whatever. And it's as long as we make it or as long as we need to keep going through it to learn the lesson. Right. Absolutely. Um, but everything that you said, I think is so powerful, like speaking to, um, you know, the people that feel trapped in not feeling like they're enough because of their body and how you, you broke through that. So just a few things, cause it was this amazing story. Yeah. There's so much I want to, I want to, you know, emphasize on, yeah. but the first one is like kind of how something that really stuck out to me is how you said, um, you wanted to learn at the very beginning when you left corporate, you wanted to learn how to love you. Yeah. You wanted to learn how to tune in and connect to what you truly desired or d explore that. Something that I have found that I, maybe I'm just paying more attention to it because I've, I'm a new mom and so I'm like not doing as much and I'm just more like observing. Yeah. There's a lot of like trendiness with self-love, oh, like yes, just love yourself, just yeah. whatever. And I feel like um, the starting of the journey is amazing and can be that, but like, how, like, how, what would you, like someone that's starting out on their self-love journey that maybe like 
is becoming stuck in that how do they move past like the superficiality like the the base layer of self-love because eventually just loving yourself and saying that it's everybody else's problem isn't the answer in my opinion and I'm just speaking from experience too because it's like it's hard to understand when to look at yourself and your patterns and how you're contributing to maybe not actually truly loving yourself and honoring yourself not this fake self-love the real self-love the real real the The real real real. real. let's get up in the real real yeah okay yeah i love that so i definitely think there is this major trend of like self-love is like just love who you are and like don't give a fuck about anybody does about or says about you and like this whole like non-judgment element which there's definitely like truth in that right like you don't need to worry like i lived in so much judgment of other people and i had to definitely let that go but I also had to like let, ask myself, like, why was I letting all of them take power from me? Why was I okay with that? Why was I willing to outsource all of my energy? And it comes from me not loving me. And so why, why am I triggered by these elements, right? So a part of self-love is really self-discovery. Like, who are you? Who are, what are you about? What do you value? What is your truth for you? And that, that's what helps you embody who you are because you become unwavering in, in you, like your spine is what aligns you and it helps you sit up nice and tall and straight. And that's, and that's you by, by you knowing you. Mm-hmm. And that's what truly self-love is, is that you're like, I love me for my darkness, for my light, for my shadows, for my power, for my strength, for everything that I am. And I'm willing to face and to see all those pieces of me, not just these certain elements. Mm-hmm. And that takes this element of you also being disciplined enough to be able to look at all of you and, and courageous, courageous, Cor- totally. because I feel like a lot of the wanting to shy away from the triggers or whatever and turning to just love yourself, whatever, is because it's scary to fucking face yourself totally. and, and these, these thoughts and interpretations that you've created right. about what everybody else is thinking about you or how you're interpreting someone someone's projection, you know? Yes. And so could you give them an example? Yeah, so I... Um... You know, like for an example, this are like there are certain identities or roles that we all play. Being a mom, being an entrepreneur, being a wife, being single, being whatever. And then there's these identities that we feel like everybody's expecting us to be like. And so that's all that we are. And so that becomes like this projection, like, oh, people expect me to be positive and bubbly and happy and this this party girl. And so I become that person around certain people, but I don't really love that part of me. But I feel like that's the only way that I can be accepted around those people. So this is who I'm going to be. Well, self-love is, is loving yourself enough to say, like, that's not, I don't even like doing that. So I'm okay losing some of these friendships if that's the case for me to, to discover who I am and to, to discover why am I so worried about these specific people liking me? Do I really value their life? Do I value their lifestyle? Do I value their opinion of me that much that I'm going to, to be a chameleon around them and change and become who they want me to be? in order for them to love me. But yeah, I'm going to walk away not loving myself. And not even feeling good yeah. about yourself after that interaction. No, because you're like, this isn't even me. This doesn't right. even connect to me. I don't even like right. this, right? Or maybe you are, you put yourself into, you're constantly having all these bad relationships. And you're like, oh, I just choose bad guys. There's no, there's no good guys in the world or women or whatever, whatever your preference is. And, but okay, well, you're, you're the common denominator in this. So are you willing to look at you and why you're choosing this, why you constantly are attracting this and not that, not that you're like, oh, I'm, this is what I want, but there's an element of you that feels safe with this. There's an element of you that perhaps in my own experience that I'm currently unraveling within myself and unlearning and relearning is letting go of codependency 
and and how I've found this to be true in so many of my relationships where I become the mom in the relationship or the fixer or the the caretaker rather than in, in partnership. And this is, I'm the common denominator in this. I continue to choose partners that either allow me to mother them or fix them or coach them or teach them out of, there's this, this underlying part of me that feels like I'm, I'm needed. And so now you're, you're going to want me and now I'm going to be enough for you. And There'll be a value. Yes. Be you're going to love me. You're, uh -huh. you're going you're gonna to need me. Like I, I can teach you all these things. I can help you with all these things. I can fix all these things. I can love you enough. But why can't I love myself enough to let someone love me the way I want to be really loved? Mm -hmm. and, and so it's, it's looking at these elements of yourself rather than going into avoidance and being like, oh, I'll just, I'll keep going with this because that feels comfortable or whatever. It's like, well, you get to release that and create new safety in yourself, safety to stand in your power, safety to be who you want to be, safety to claim what it is that you desire, mm -hmm. safety to even explore what it is that you desire, what you really want, what you crave. and that's a different level, level of self-love is like, are you willing to love you for all of you and discover who that is and release any parts of you that don't serve you or unlearn patterns that you constantly create to learn how to be the highest level of you and know that that's forever changing. Like that's not just going to stay the same. Like, and it's not like you're opening Pandora's box, but you are at the same time, but it's also can you, can you meet yourself where you're at at every moment and love all of you in that moment mm -hmm. and not abandon yourself in those moments, not avoid yourself in those moments, not distract yourself in those moments? When I first got divorced, I was in full distraction mode. I went partying all the time. I drank all the time. I was going on all these dates. I was having like reckless sex. I was just distraction mode. Like somebody take me away from my pain rather than me. That, that, right, that in itself was this whole self-love experience for me to experiment with was, and after I realized that, I hired my first coach and she's like, you got to stop all that. Like six months, no, you're not talking to anybody. You're not doing any of that. You need to learn how to love you and be safe with you because you're going in distraction mode rather than, than healing. And, and you, need to, you need to heal you. You need to discover who you are now. You need to let yourself be with yourself. And that was the scariest thing in the world. I'm like, no, I, I need to be with people. I can't be alone. Like, I don't want to do that. She's like, that's exactly what you have to do. So the things that we want to run away from are the things we need to run towards because that's how we will start to love ourselves. And the, the trendy part of self-love isn't about that. The trendy part about self-love is like tell people to fuck off if they don't like you, wear whatever you want to wear, be whoever you want to be, trigger people if you want to trigger people, and, and do that like with the intention of triggering people where that's, that's not self-love. That's like that's, you're just trying to throw daggers at people. Self-love is like I'm going to be my highest frequency and I'm going to show you what that feels like. And my energy may trigger you because I feel complete in me. Right. And that's going to trigger a part of you that doesn't feel complete in you. And that's your invitation for you to go through that. And if I trigger that in you, let that, let that just be a mirror for you. And I'm here to love you and to hold space for you and to help you see an element of you that you want to come through for yourself that that's for you to discover. That's not on me. And I don't have to take your trigger and let that trigger me. I get to still continue to be me and show up as me because I love myself enough to be grounded and embodied in every part of me. And that's part of just being grounded in your truth if you yes. choose to speak that truth too yes. because that's something that I've shared with you like coming into motherhood in this last year and you really like were, had a lot of moments like just little meta moments checking in on me, coming to visit me where I really felt supported through that and I just want to say thank you and I honor yeah. you for that because becoming a mom like shattered every foundation that I had like I had been on this journey, 10 years, entrepreneur, like coaching, childhood trauma, healing, 
like energy work, yeah. all this stuff, changing my beliefs and just like, this is me, you know? And then I feel like ocean came, like I birthed there naturally, which was like the coolest so fucking amazing. experience of my entire life. And I have to keep saying that because that's when I feel like I actually kind of came into my body mm -hmm. and then everything else like dismantled that was not true for me. Or I saw things like I saw things as they were and not what I wanted them to yeah. be. Right. Because the stories that we tell ourselves and I told myself about certain people that I engaged with of like these roles that you're talking about, like how I needed to show up because that's how I always had for 10 years and certain friendships and yeah. so on. And realizing like, holy shit, I'm not speaking my truth. Like as far as like, I feel like I'm always having to walk around eggshells or hold more space for them. And I'm like, caring for a newborn, like you came and visited me, I was sitting on the grass, like couldn't even get my baby to stop crying. And I'm trying to get her Perfect. to latch on my boob. And I'm just bawling. And I'm like, I don't have fucking energy for this. Like, I don't have energy to give to that. And I think that that's the beautiful part of coming into motherhood for me that has really like, next level, like it's like yeah. always ever changing, like you said. And so I'm not there, there is no there. Yeah. It's just like allowing myself to get out of my comfort zone. And and I think that it's so crucial what you said about like the triggers and like, okay, if I'm going to be in my truth and be, be strong, then I'm just, I just have to stick to that because, and become unwavered in that yeah. because I feel like part of my purpose is to just be where I am and share that with the world and use my voice to, to share that with the world. And likewise, I feel like you kind of, we're on these similar paths, totally. right? And so I triggered a lot of people like talking about natural birth or like, sharing my experience and being very like bold in that. And um, I had to sit with like feeling abandoned, people not messaging me, people like, m like messaging me and being like, oh, well, well, that's good for you. But I couldn't da da da. And literally taking it personally when when I'm like, oh, dude, I'm just sharing about my, my experience and like what I've found to be true in certain things that I've researched and whatever. Yeah. And I and I share it with a loving heart. But I even notice sometimes like, ooh. Like, I got to just be in my fucking truth yes. and be like, I love y'all. And here's, yes. I'm going to shoot it straight because this is me and I can't and buy I'm into that. myself for you to feel comfortable. Exactly. And what you're doing is you're like, exactly. and I even came to you and told you that you had even triggered me of like, just how much you loved, like, you're really just embodying motherhood. And it taught me like elements of myself that I didn't let myself embody in motherhood. And it was triggering in a way that inspired me, right? Like, and that's what the beauty of sisterhood that we have, I feel like is, is that and I spoke that to you after I had processed it. And I'm like, thank you for triggering me and helping me see an element of me that I want. Like, I loved how much you let yourself feel supported and surrender into motherhood. And it helped me see elements of myself. And I actually ended up teaching a course about that afterward, about embracing motherhood, because you helped me learn how to embrace motherhood by watching you embrace it. And that gets to be this element of self-love is like, I love myself enough to discover what is it that she's showing me, that she's triggering me, that she's teaching me? And then also, how can I learn from her? Because I, I observed, I watched, I asked you questions, I talked to you about it. And, and then I went and sought out other moms. And like, I talked about this and other moms felt the same way. And I was like, oh my gosh, this needs to be something that's talked about. And I need to help other women learn how to embrace motherhood and entrepreneurship and the unraveling that comes with motherhood and how you... Like, and it, it's always changing. Like, it's always changing. <laughs> and letting ourselves change that and evolve with that. And, right. and letting that happen. And that gets to be this beautiful trigger for us to observe ourselves. And like, why does this bother me? Like, what, what's going on? And like, how you're speaking to, I work with so many clients who are like, oh, I want to share this message on social media, but I'm so afraid people are going to judge me or what, who so-and-so is going to say or someone's going to be offended. 
I was like, well, where is this, where is this place coming from? Like, where is it that you want to speak to? They're like, oh, this is just so on my heart, my perfect. So speak from your heart, not your head. Because your head is what gets you stuck. It's what gets you focused on all these judgments. And people are going to judge you. People are going to say rude things about you. People yeah. are going to are going to do whatever they want to do. And that's up for them to do. And that's for them to work through. That's their choice that's too. their choice, right. And those people are the ones who are going to watch you the most. And so shine for those people because I promise <laughs> you, they, they are watching you the most. most. Like, and I don't do this all the time, but sometimes I'll go and watch my stories. I do who's watching my stories. And I, and I will tell you this, it's more my haters that watch all my stuff than it is like Or like that. My- the epic it's yeah. like you don't hear from like sally one two three totally. for years and then all of a sudden you say something that triggers her and she's like oh but this is not correct yeah. okay this and you're like allowed. all no, right okay. thank you yeah. for watching and tuning in today yeah. and it's because they need to hear that <laughs> and to me whenever people dm me things or say stuff like that to me i'm like that is that's actually my confirmation that this needed to be said because mm-hmm. what I just did was woke something up in you. And before you've been sleeping. And now, oh, you finally responded to one of my stories. But you've been watching all my stories for the last seven years. So this is the first time you ever DM me. This woke you up enough. Perfect. God bless. <laughs> I hope that you get to sit with that. And that gets to love on you. And I'm sending you so much love. And you're welcome. And, and let that be. Like, let your voice be your truth. It's your truth. It's not somebody else's. It's yours. And if you let somebody else's idea of you break you. You, you need to love you more. You need to sit with you and say, what if, what if my mom says this about me? My mom literally thinks that I'm a witch because I teach yoga and I have crystals and I meditate. And she sends me all this stuff all the time about how wrong I am against the Bible and like all these things. And I just send her love. I'm like, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for how you see me. I love you. I know you love me. Like end of the day, it's great. Whatever, right? And for a long time, that would trigger me. And I'd be so afraid to show up because I was like, I don't want to offend my mom. I don't want to trigger her. I don't want to hear this story. And what I realized was I was actually doing a disservice to the rest of my community by not showing up as all of me and only letting my one-on-one client see this element of me or my close friends. And there were so many other women who are wanting that permission to show up as all of them. But I needed to, to grant myself that permission in order to be that frequency of permission. And once I gave myself permission and showed up in that way, it created a whole liberation movement within my community to like show up in their own spirituality and their own elements and their own, their own witchiness and their own woohoo-ness and their own ways. Uh, Cause our permission that we grant ourselves to be ourselves is, is the frequency of self-love. And that is a freedom frequency. That is a liberation vi- like vibration of like, go be you, be all of you. And I see you for you. And I love you for you. And anything that may trigger you is for me to work through. And thank you for showing up and waking this part of me up. Like, and that, if the whole world saw it that way, it'd be such a different element. And that's what eventually will happen if we keep showing up. So show up, like fully be yourself and love yourself enough to do that because your voice will set someone else free. I promise you. Oh, if they choose to do so. Totally. If they choose. Disclaimer is if they choose. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Right. Because you can't force anybody to do anything. And that's the beautiful thing, though, about when you're talking about being waver, like unwavering in your self-love, in your spine, in your who you are grounded, because like, you know what your intention is, you know what your truth is. And of course, I feel like always having love and compassion for the other person and where they're at, if they can't honor that, or if you need to set boundaries, or if you do need to move away, or you do you need to take space, that's the point. Because so much of our lives as women, especially looking on social media, comparing, feeling not 
good about who we are, doing things literally just to feel like we are enough. Totally. And it's so Especially fucked in up. motherhood. We compare ourselves so much in motherhood of like, oh, this person is breastfeeding. I didn't. This person is. This person's cooking, making all their food. I didn't do that. Their I did baby's this. sleeping. Yeah. My baby's not sleeping. Something's wrong with me. <laughs> They're doing baby wise. I'm just letting co-sleeping. Like there's all these different elements of it. Yeah. And it gets to be you. Like you get to choose what works for you and what doesn't and letting go of all these other boxes and identities and roles that other people are playing or trying to push on you. And for you to take an own evaluation, like what's, what's my value system? What feels like it's an integrity with me? What serves me in this season? And I love to use things in seasonality is because that what's going to work for you this season might not work for you next season. Right. And that's okay. So what is it that's helping you right now? And, yeah. um, like, I feel like when we mom compare, that's when mom guilt really shows up for us. And mm-hmm. that's when we get down on ourselves as moms and we already have enough pressure on ourselves to be a mom. Like the second that you feel your baby kick or you hold your baby for the first time, there's this like overwhelming amount of love and like, I just want to give you everything and I want to teach you everything. And then there's this like overwhelming amount of responsibility. Like, oh my God, I have to teach you everything and I have to give you everything. And I'm like in charge of you. Like I'm a, like, it's, it's up to me to, like, make sure you stay alive and to feed you. you and to, yeah. Oh, my God. God. Like, it's, oh, my God. God. Like, and then you're like, I love you so. Oh, my God. Like, it's like, oh, like, I don't even know how to feel right now. I don't know what to do. And, and I, I love, love to tell people, people like that, that that goes away. But I think that changes with every season with your kids, too. Like, right. we just went camping in Texas, and my daughter is eight, and she just had her first kiss. I was not ready for that shit. I was like, I, I, what is happening? I thought this was going to happen. We're 12, 13. This little boy that she kept um, hanging out with at the camp. Come up, came up and kissed her cheek on the last day. And like they <laughs> crushed on each other, each other and, like, and, like, this and I was just like not prepared for this. I was like, I literally stood in shock. I didn't know how to respond. I was like, oh. yeah, like what do you do <laughs> in that moment? I'm like, I don't want to shame her. I don't want to embarrass her. I don't want this to become some trauma thing for her now. I want her to feel like safe in her body. So, I, so then I started to, come to like think like I was overthinking versus just being. And I had to like literally snap myself out of it. And that's my element. That's something, a tool that I always use and I invite all of you to use is whenever you're stuck and you're living outside of your body, snap yourself right back into your body and breathe and come back into yourself. And I was like, okay. by, by breathing, breathing is how yeah, you like come so back in. and breathe. Like, <sighs> all right. I'm here. Going to respond. My body, not react. How I, yeah. How do I, how do I want to show up right now? Yeah. And I was like, okay, Justin, thanks for, uh, thanks for giving Ella this beautiful memory that we're all going to have forever. I love that. But you guys are just too young. Like, that's just not, you guys aren't ready for that. And I love that. And you got, you got mad game. You're nine years old and you're, you're kissing her. Like, okay, that's awesome. But we're just, we're, we're not ready for that. And he's like, I'm so sorry. The little boy said, sorry. And Ella was like, I'm so embarrassed. I'm like, you don't need to be embarrassed. I don't want you to be embarrassed. I want you to remember this. Like you had your first kiss. This is, this is so cute. And mom got to be here. There's got to be this incredible moment. Like, how do you feel? And she's like, I'm not ready for kisses. And I'm like, okay, thank God. Perfect. I'm so glad that you said that. Praise the Lord. But I didn't want to project my feelings onto her. Like, granted, yeah, she's too young for kissing and all that, right? But I didn't want to project my needs onto her needs and like all of that, right? right? And and we made it like exciting and fun. I'm like, oh, we had to call dad and tell dad. And she's like, mom, don't tell dad. Dude, like, was horrified. I'm like, dad has to know about this. This is so exciting. Like, let's just talk about it. It's not a big deal. And, and, And making her feel safe. Like, you're safe. Mom is here with you. You, you always get to come and talk to mom. Any boy that kisses you or a girl or whatever, I, I, I always want to know about all of that. And what I saw was like, this is an element that I get to teach her that she's safe to come to me and I'm not going to judge her because I could respond and be like, oh my gosh, you guys are way too young. Stay away from each other. Don't talk to each other. That, that is wrong. You can't do that. You can't touch boys or talk to boys until you're 13. 
and I can shame her and I can teach her it's not safe to come and talk to me and I can now now pattern her to avoid any interactions that ever happen like that, that she has to hide that from me. Or yeah. I can teach her, you're safe. Like, okay, this gets to be a memory. Let's, let's call dad. Let's talk about this. Like how if I feel safe talking about this, you're going to feel safe talking about this. If this gets to be a conversation, that's how you're going to feel. And so if an interaction shows up that you don't feel safe in, you're going to feel safe coming and talking to me and we can work through that. Like, and that's, that's what this moment is. This is a moment where I get to create this. And, and I feel like that's what motherhood is, is like, also like, what did you need as a kid? Right? So this other element of Ella that was teaching me is like, how did I wish my mom would have shown up for me in this time? And my parents were very religious and they, they had a lot of shame around sex, around, around boys, around crushes. Like, it was very, no, you're not allowed. Like, don't even look at that boy. You can't have a crush yet. Don't. If there was, like, any, like, mild kissing scene on a, on a movie, my parents would make me cover our eyes. Like, it was just so wrong. It was so shameful. And in this moment, I feel like that's where I was, like, sticker shock was, like, okay, I don't, I don't want that response. So how do I respond in a way where I'm creating safety for her and safety for me? And in the same moment, and this is something that you've taught me, is I'm also going to heal that inner child Stephanie of me of, what she needed. Like, what did, what did she want? She just wanted to feel safe. She wanted to know that nothing was wrong, that, that we're just humans, that it's okay to come and talk to mom. Like, I'm here for you. I got you. Like, you did nothing wrong. And, and that's what I felt the most of is like, all she wants is safety, just like that's all that you wanted. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's why mothering is so powerful and yet so triggering because your kids are going to trigger the fuck out of you because it's triggering the inner child in you and these elements of you that you needed or that you were being remembered of, reminded of, and it's ever unfolding. And that gets to, that's why it's so powerful because at the same time you're nurturing someone, you're nurturing yourself, and you're learning how to show up for someone and show up for you too. So it's like all these elements. I think that that's what's what like nobody is perfect, right? Like there's so many moments where I'm like, shoot, if I could have done this or that or this or that already with, with us. And I have a bonus daughter too, and she's 11. And so she's really kind of given me like um, a different experience of motherhood, which is like, it's just different, yeah. you know, being like a bonus mom versus having like a biological child. I just noticed there's differences in that and how I show up and like the nuances of that. But I think that being a mom is so fucking powerful and I feel like it allows you to look at other parts of yourself. So instead of trying to like be a good mom, like you're such a good mom. People are like, okay, yes, in general, that's really nice to hear and to say, but like, do you feel like you're a good right, mom? Right. Do you feel like you're tuning into what feels right to you? Like the, speaking to the mom, get, we had a lot of people respond when I posted about doing an episode. And they were like, how do you release mom guilt? How do you let go? And, and I think for me, I've like barely experienced this. And I've even, you know, reached out to you where I'm yeah. like, I don't know what I'm feeling. This new feeling yeah. is like, I'm so happy, but I'm also so sleep deprived. And yeah. so duh, how am I going to do anything in my yeah. life? I think it's like just shifting into like when I take care of me or like when I'm doing something for my business or like I just had a big long training the last yeah. um, this last weekend and I was gone for two really long parts of the day. Um, back to back and just reminding myself that it's like when I'm with ocean, I'm present. So when you're with your kids, if you can spend like specific amount of time and just be with them and just be present with them, then when you're spending time on taking care of your needs, because you're you have needs, you're still totally. a human, yes. you're still you, you still need to take care of you and not in a pressuring way. But like, I can show up better when I get a workout in when I take totally care of myself or when I do certain things that I'm passionate about, like this podcast or my business or like, other things, then I'm nurturing me to be better for her. 
and to show up in more in a in a more um, higher vibrational state, as you would say, or like, you know, with more love and more patience and more kindness. So instead of like eliminating my possibility of going, coming home and feeling that way by guilting myself, I just shift my mindset of like, when I'm taking care of me, it helps me show up better. And she needs time with other people. She needs time with family. She needs to build these relationships. And I think it's so helpful um, to shift that mindset, you know, and let go of the guilt and, and really ask yourself like, okay, am I feeling this guilt because I am not being present with my baby or I'm struggling or whatever? And if, if so, then that's okay. Like figure out what you need to do to get the support that you need, which is huge. A lot of people don't talk about getting the support as a mom because there's so much judgment, right? So that's a great way to end the podcast. We're going to have you back on. And where can our listeners find you? Yes. um, You can find me on Instagram at Steph Iliff, S-T-E-F-I-L-I-F-F. That's the best way to reach out to me. Awesome. Reach out to her. Tell her what you loved about the podcast. Follow her, all the things. And tune back in next week for another episode on Natural Bodies. Yeah.